0: Today's guest has known me since elementary school. She's spilling the tea on me. You're listening to the Chic Hippie Podcast. <music> Friends call me the Chic City Girl with the Hippie Heart. Welcome to your ultimate guide to millennial adulting. Hi, I'm your host, C.H. I'm joined by thought leaders, cultural innovators, and friends as they share their insights on journeying through work, life, and play the bohemian way. This is the Chic Hippie Podcast. to the Chic Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, C.H., the Chic City Girl with the Hippie Heart. So for today, this is a Chic Hippie Takeover. I'm joined by my friend Christine. She and I have known each other since we were 10 years old. So she's known me longer than most people. So in an effort for you to get to know me better, I thought she and I would share some experiences and some stories from my childhood to today and she would interview me. So welcome Christine. Thanks for having me CH. So I thought I'd start off by telling you all how Christine and I met. We actually met in the fifth grade. Christine transferred into my school and I don't really remember her in the early months of coming to our school but what I do remember is that eventually Christine and I sat together because our desks were arranged in these little quadrants, so like four desks together. And Christine and I sat in a grouping of four with two other guys. One of the things that really stood out to me was I thought she and I were like very, very different because I was really more of a girly girl and I thought
1: she was more of a tomboy. But we could debate that point. Yes, <laughs> I never considered myself a tomboy. I recall CH and I when we were 10, first associating because we were both on the basketball team and we played the same position and I'm not very good at basketball and I have my family isn't uh, sports related at all Um, so CH was very aggressive and knew exactly what she was doing and I, I learned a lot from her oh thank you that's nice I don't consider myself very athletic either, but I do come from an athletic family who's extremely competitive. And eventually we went to our own individual high schools and our teams were in the same league. So we played against each other. And I always was, I remember constantly laughing when we were on the court at the same time. It was just the most hilarious thing to me because I just wanted to have fun with my friend and, you know, I was supposed to be playing basketball. So that... That was a good memory from high school.
0: I do think that because our teams played against each other in that league and over the course of us being in elementary school together, our parents became family friends. So we kind of stayed in contact. We remained friends. We still spent like weekends and breaks together. If she had a paper and she was at home, she would try to sequester me (laughs) to help her. (laughs) Uh, That remains true till this day. So it just, our friendship just kind of grew and we bonded from there. But I still think we're very different personality wise. Would you agree with that?
1: Not necessarily. I think we have the same base personality and perhaps the extremes that they go to are the opposite extremes. So for instance, CH loves makeup and music. Now, I think makeup is nice and pretty, but I don't need to look at fashion books. And music is fine on the radio, but I don't know who I'm listening to. I don't know the lyrics to the songs that I'm trying to sing along with. So I I think we're both very open-minded as well. I love camping and being outside. Perhaps that's why CH thinks I'm a tomboy. And so she accompanied me to a uh, camping ground uh, once upon a time, and it was terrible. (laughs) It was a horrible experience. Uh, it wasn't one of the better outdoor experiences, but we had a cabin, which was, you know, high class for camping. I'm used to sleeping bags and tents. So uh, we, we do go out there for each other and try different experiences. <laughs> so she's us just check that off of her, her life list of buckets. Yeah, I think so. So
0: how else would you describe me?
1: I think that if you want to get to the heart of who CH is, The thing that stands out the most to me is she's very much like one of her grandmothers. Her work ethic is unbelievable. Her grandmother worked very hard to ensure that C.H.'s father received an excellent education. And I feel that C.H. has that drive and compassion about her. Uh, At the same time, her mother, when we were talking about being in fifth grade, there was a young man who, for some reason, he never had lunch. And uh, C.H.'s mom took it upon herself to make him a lunch every time she made her daughter a lunch. And I think that speaks very highly of not only CH's mother, but also of the type of person that CH is. Um, she, her heart is very, very big and she is a very giving person.
0: I will say the same about you. Well, thank you. So Christine, did you have any questions you want to ask so the listeners can get to know me better?
1: Yes, CH went to a Big Ten school where she triple majored in the mathematical methods in the social sciences and economics. Uh, and you have to be her best friend to be able to say all of that. Actually, it was a double major. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like three, doesn't it? It sounds don't. like three. It feels like three. Um, and she became a consultant. Can you tell us about consulting? Because she was never home.
0: <laughs> well I still consult now but I do it more so from home but at the time when you graduated from my program pretty much everyone did investment banking or consulting and I actually interviewed for a bunch of marketing jobs but discovered that I really liked consulting so I ended up doing the same thing so I did do a hundred percent travel and living on the road is an experience in and of itself I mean I love being a road warrior and I love traveling so that's kind of why it's one of the things that's going to be featured on this podcast because I've done it for so long and for such an extensive period of time. The things that I loved most about consulting so it was very much so very male dominated so most of my colleagues were male on most projects that I was on but it gave me the opportunity to one I found really great female mentors because we all kind of bonded on the projects because we were the only women there. But it also gave me really great male mentors in a sense too. They loved me initially. They would send me to the difficult clients to be like, hey, can you get this information we need? So that's part of my charm. I got the information we needed. But because I have such a strong mathematical skill set, I always brought something to my teams that nobody else had. So, whether we were doing the analysis in house or we were sending data out to our team worldwide for analysis, like I'm the person most data ran through at some point. They're like, can you tell us why we're getting this back? So I could explain what parameters they needed to set or what assumptions they needed to make. So really that data came back in a usable form that really reflected what we were doing.
1: And now I know you've taken some time away from consulting. And can you please tell us what position you see consulting in your life in the future?
0: Well, I actually have started consulting again, just with more smaller companies. So it's something I never really give up. Actually, my first internship in college was an internal consulting role. So... I've always worked in a role in most organizations, be they fortune 500s or small businesses, where I'm asked to evaluate, where I'm asked to really take a perspective that isn't internal or isn't necessarily in line with the day-to-day culture. So I think that's really the skill sets and what consulting offers. It's that third-party opinion. So you may have a task that you want to go out and execute, but you might need another opinion. If you're all looking at it within terms of your organization and your culture, sometimes you have a very limited perspective of what you can accomplish, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have someone like me come in who I'm new I'm not familiar with the day-to-day dynamics of the culture. I can learn about it. But if I say, hey, this is possible, how can we make it attainable for you? Mm -hmm. It's a high-level view. And then I work a little bit of working backwards. So you know what you want to accomplish. Then you would go out and interview people within the organization to kind of outline that plan. And then you work towards that goal. So I think that is one of my strengths is that I'm really able to execute a plan and I'm able to implement best practices and protocols to get an organization to that next level.
1: I think that's a wonderful thing.
0: And I mean, I take that with me wherever I go. Now, kind of if people call and they need help or they need assistance, I'm, I still do that. So I still consult I think I had mentioned before, well, I'll say this. I can never take off that objective hat because I never want to lose perspective wherever I work. So I always want to make sure that I'm adding a different dimension
1: to the team. So CH, can you tell us what you enjoyed the most about being on the road during all your travels?
0: Well, I would say that what I love most about being on the road, because I actually have done worked for academic projects and been on the road too. So she can attest if somebody is like, hey, I have a project or a job for you on the road, I'm gone. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm consistently doing that. Like I might be three years, I might do a little bit of travel, but like I really start to get the itch and I'm like, bam, back on the road for a period of time. What I like most about it, is that in the day-to-day, I come in contact with so many different people, right? So you're traveling, so you're meeting people in the airport. So if you are a people person, travel is for you because you get to interact with a lot of different people on a lot of different levels. I also am not a cook, so... She knows I eat out a lot. So, that's right up my alley because I have to order anyway since I'm not at home.
1: Works really well. (laughs) I I think um, that will be another podcast as well because her diet has changed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, definitely.
0: Yeah. We'll do a podcast on doing some plant-based stuff on the road.
1: Or several. So... Now we know what you liked about being on the road. What? Tell us some things that were not wonderful about being on the road.
0: I think that it's hard to prioritize your friends and family a little bit because you're always gone. So like if someone's hosting a party during the week, and I typically, when I'm on the road, I'm 100%. So I'm gone during the week and I'm here on the weekend. So I miss out on some of those life events. That's probably the major drawback. I mean, sometimes with the constant travel, it can feel like a bit of a grind. I say for anyone who's starting a career on the road, the first six months to nine months are the hardest. After that, you can pretty much travel anywhere. You've got it down to a science. Like I'm the worst person to vacation with because I travel all the time as if I'm traveling for business. Like when that seatbelt light dings off, I'm up out, I have my suitcase. I pretty much never check anything. So extended vacations, I'm like a week. Yeah, no more than a week. Probably because I'll have to go back on the road again soon anyway. So it doesn't
1: really make sense for me to do extended travel like that. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit, what is your take on being a family woman with a career that is on the road?
0: So if you're family oriented and you have a career on the road, especially for women, because I think women are typically seen as caregivers and nurturers, I think that a lot of balance comes into play. Now, if you have small children, I think you're definitely going to have to have help. And they have to be people that you trust, who are reliable. You're going to need a team of people. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of that situation. Now, if you don't have small children, but you're still family oriented and you may care for family members or something, you still need to have that team that can take care of things when you're gone, during the week. You just have to be really diligent in how you structure and prioritize. I also say you have to check in. You have to check in constantly. I think that is the challenge for a woman, building a career on the road. I think a lot of career women typically don't have children or have them later in life. Just because you need to be more established and you need to be able to travel without that fear of what's going to happen. Or you need to have established a bond with people or have that team in place. Mm -hmm. So those are things that are really critical to think through. Also, from just a practical standpoint, we just take way more clothes (laughs) on the road. So... That's typically what my male counterparts are complaining that my suitcase is like way heavier than theirs, even though we're using the same size suitcase. That's just the reality. I need options and I'm going to take them. I have gotten better at that. So because I'm typically gone for weak stretches, I can typically pack within a carry on. Now, I do have that deluxe carry-on, like right to the max of what's considered a carry-on, but it's still a Mm carry-on. So I can't take what I would like to take as five or six shoes options. That's not going (laughs) to happen. So I might have to take two or three shoe options just because I can interchange it and really make sure that what I'm bringing makes sense for the workday. And a lot of the pieces have to transition from night to day because you might have work meetings, or dinners with clients, stuff like that. So you just need to plan ahead for that. But I think those are the major differences. But especially being family-oriented, you need that team and you need to have a plan.
1: Um, I want to rewind for a second back to when you were discussing your clothing options while on the road. Now, I understand that there are new companies or websites and things that will send you an outfit for the day in the mail and you wear it and you mail it back to them and they mail you a new one. Would you ever consider that as while on the road, having different outfits mailed to your hotels?
0: Well, some of those services are like rent the runway and that's basically like for big events. So maybe I would only do that if I had a big meeting or a big engagement on the road. I think what you learn is that I don't want to equate it to this but it's really a very modernized or upscale nomadic type of life Hmm. so you want to make sure that you're able to be extremely portable at any moment things could change like projects can change at any moment scopes can change the team can change you never want to be in a situation where you have a lot of stuff to move Mm -hmm. so i think that's more of the mindset i understand
1: Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. (laughs) So, CH, we've talked a lot about you being on the road. Let's talk about you at home. Can you let the audience know about the types of things you do when you're at home?
0: Well... Besides work. <laughs> um, some of the things I really love to do when I'm home, and you can attest to this, I really love going out,
1: like, for dinners and dining. Because we don't do dining anymore. We've had quite a few experiences that were unpleasant.
0: Yes, we we personally don't do dining
1: anymore. <laughs> However, you dine with other friends. Yes, I do. <laughs> Alrighty then. Just not you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That in and of itself could be a whole podcast, but I do enjoy dining and meeting up with friends. As you mentioned before, my diet has changed, so that has kind of changed the way I think about that. Just because I am on a plant-based diet and most of my friends are meat eaters. We live in meat and potato country, so (laughs) (laughs) it's unavoidable. But, you know, there are ways that you can think through that and still kind of connect with people. I just really try to be flexible and spontaneous. I love when someone calls me out of the blue and like, let's do this. And the part of the reason that I became that way, because I am I tend to be a little more structured, is because of you. Because oh. you're really spontaneous like that. <laughs> like, you would call me all the time and be like, hey, let's try this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Get on over here. Or let's go to the movies. Or let's do this. Or hmm. let's play on this. So you are one of the people who kind of got me out of that. I need to know months in advance. Now I'm I'm pretty good in a moment's notice. I mean I do need a couple days. <laughs> I prefer. I mean my friends are not those couple day kind of people. Or I just show up at the door. <laughs> right. Aren't you dressed? Let's go. Yes. So a security system is also awesome. important. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I think (laughs) that kind of flexibility is invaluable for me. So it's left me really open to change and possibility. So a lot of the lifestyle changes I've been able to make is really because people have pushed me out of my comfort zone. So now I'm not that rigorous, structured, scheduled person. And I think it changed the course of my life and... It's allowed me to do things like be a little bit nomadic and travel a lot.
1: I don't know. What are some things we like to do together? Despite the fact that CH doesn't think I'm a girly girl, we do like to get our nails done and we do enjoy wearing makeup. And mm, we're still children at heart in terms of that sleepover atmosphere. You know, girl talk and catching up. uh,
0: I think, too, you're... At this point, we're not really friends, we're more like sisters, so you're more of a part of my family, so it's a little bit of a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, you could come and take me hostage for a weekend, or <laughs> someone
1: else couldn't. So, CH, I know that music has played a very large and important role in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about your involvement in music, when it began, when your love began? So
0: I've pretty much been singing my whole life, but this is something that her mother and I shared. So we both took voice lessons because I like all different types of music, especially like classical and R&B and hip hop and country and pretty much everything. There's no type of music that I haven't liked or didn't like. It's just been a constant part of my life. What type of mood do you need to be in to have music? I don't really need to be in a mood. I feel like I always have some music around me. It's a little bit of a cultural thing with just my upbringing, where my parents are from, what they listen to. So it was always in my home, which is probably why I was singing as an infant. <laughs> and it's just a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. okay christine so to this point we've talked a lot about my childhood and my family structure and my base but you have been a person who's been there as i've evolved and really embraced every aspect of my personality and of my viewpoint so how do you view me as this chic city girl with the hippie heart what things have you seen evolve about me i think
1: the biggest difference that I've noticed over the years is you've become more holistic type of a person where you may not be outdoorsy like me. You, you do have a down to earthness about you with the meditation and, and the, I think it's yoga at some point. Um, and the new dietary lifestyle and lots of different things have, uh, changed and, in a more earthly manner
0: but at the core I'm still pretty much the
1: same person oh yeah
0: one of the themes of this podcast is really that you can have a life where you can kind of blend things that are important to you regardless of the labels so what have you observed as I have blended these different aspects of my personality and created a new lifestyle
1: I really haven't noticed anything. I feel as though because I knew you as a child, this is just who you are. This is who you've grown to become. I've seen every step along the way, and it's not new. It's just, as you mentioned earlier, it is the evolution or it is the becoming of CH. It's just who you are.
0: Christine
1: may say. So that's just who CH is. like. She's always trying new things and adding to her repertoire of personality.
0: But it's with the support of friends like her that I was able to evolve into the Chic City Girl with a hippie heart. I want to thank Christine for joining us today and I hope you got to know a little more about me. And remember to stay updated on all Chic Hippie news. You can also follow us on Twitter at Chic Hippie Pod. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She Kippy Podcast. New episodes are available weekly on iTunes, so, subscribe and leave a comment letting us know how you're enjoying the show. To learn more about this podcast and your host, CH, follow us on Instagram at She Kippy Podcast and online at SheKippyPodcast.com. Always as in parting, journey through work, life, and play. The Bohemian Way.